0: The first thing I should say is that the things I'm going to talk about today are from a joint project that also involved Andrew Abbas who's now at the University of Bath and Monica McLean at the University of Nottingham and this was an ESRC funded project in which we looked at sociology being taught in four different universities in England um, two of which were always at the top of league tables for sociology and two of which were always at the bottom of the league tables for sociology and what we were interested in that project was the different ways in which students came into relation to knowledge in those different um, settings and the different ways in which they could produce sociological knowledge? So we tracked them through the three years of their degrees, we interviewed them each year about what they understood sociology to be, what their experiences were, we looked at curriculum documents. You know, we basically did a, a deep look at the three years of being a sociology student and then compared them um, across. Uh, the four institutions. I'm not going to talk about those comparisons today. What I'm going to talk about really is the ways in which students coming or came into relation to knowledge in that project. So Michael, in his talk, mentioned pedagogic device, which unlike Michael, I've always found incredibly helpful. Um, I don't find the label helpful because often what people think a pedagogic devices is, is a way of teaching. and it just isn't. Pedagogic device operates at the level of society. It's a societal device that sets out what counts as knowledge. So, the production of knowledge, um, the rules about who can teach, what to he- whom, and under what conditions, what Bernstein calls the distribution rules. Who, who has knowledge, who has access to it. Um, now, the crucial thing for me about Bernstein and why I found Bernstein's work so helpful is that he emphasizes the transformation of knowledge as it moves through the pedagogic device. So we start with the distribution rules that you know that operate at the level of knowledge being produced. But then when curriculum is being produced, the key thing Bernstein says is the logic of curriculum is not the same as the logic of disciplines. What happens is that knowledge is transformed into a curriculum. So there are arguments and contestations over what should be in the curriculum. There might be professional bodies saying, we've got to have this bit in it. There'll be someone in a university department saying, well, that's my favorite part of the subject. I teach that every year. I've taught it for 20 years, and it's definitely going in. So the idea that the curriculum maps on what my colleague Paul Chowler would call epistemological essentialism, the idea you can read off from the discipline onto curriculum structures. Bernstein very usefully says, no, there's a complete transformation of knowledge into curriculum. Okay, so you can't look at, say, it's sociology and say, I can predict the curriculum, because actually the logic would be different. And then the third part of the pedagogic device is the evaluation rules, how students are assessed in terms of have they produced a legitimate understanding. And again, Bernstein emphasizes that students again transform the curriculum. And bring it into relation to their own biographies, their own understandings. So there's this sense of knowledge always changing. So when you talk about being focused on knowledge or powerful knowledge in a Bernsteinian sense, it's not a Michael Gove sense of knowledge, it's not a sense of a fixed canon. There's a sense of knowledge, knowledge being dynamic and changing as it moves between knowledge production, knowledge recontextualization into, into curriculum, and then students' understandings the of knowledge. And what I'm going to focus on in this talk is very much that fi- final part, or the third part of the pedagogic device, how students produce their understandings, in this case, of sociological knowledge. So when I'm talking about transformation, I'm talking about how students are transformed by powerful knowledge, what I'm, the notion of transformation that I find useful in this context is again another set of concepts. You've had plenty of them today. You've had a concept-rich day. Um, and this is work that looks at um, the idea of student experience. So a, a, um, French, another French sociologist, Dubé, and then Jerry and Lebeau did some work on the Sommel project, um, which was an SRC-funded project, where they looked at different disciplines and different institutions and how students learn. And the notion of student experience that they use and the notion of student engagement that they usually develop moves away from simply looking at students' engagement in courses to say, actually, there's three aspects of engagement. There's students' personal projects. What are students trying to achieve in their lives? What do they think they're at university to do? Then there's their intellectual engagement in the subject. And then there's the degree to which they're in they're integrated into their institution. And so Dubé talks about these three different aspects of engagement. And so one way of thinking about transformation is to say, okay, so when students' personal projects change, you can talk about them being transformed. But they think they're at university to do different things. When they're trying to act on the world, they're trying to do a different thing than they were trying to do before. And what I'm interested in trying to do in this talk is to think about the relations between those changing or not changing personal projects, and how that relates to their engagement with knowledge, what I've called here intellectual engagement, but also how that relates to their integration in their institution. And the thing I'm particularly interested in is what they understand they're being integrated with. So when they think about being at university, what does that mean to them? So that's the aspect of integration that I'm going to look at. Too many buttons, Okay. So to say a little bit about the approach. So, so the, I'm drawing on three different papers here from this, this project, okay, which all use phenomenography. What phenomenography does is it tries to look at the criti- critical aspects of variation in the way that students, in this case, understand a particular phenomenon. So the thing that forms a bedrock of what I'm going to talk about are tracking students' changing understanding of sociology through the three years of their degree. So what did they understand sociology to be? And how did that change over the course of their undergraduate degree? Um, Then I'm also going to look at the ways in which their personal projects changed in terms of what did they think being at university was for? What, What were they there for? And how did that vary? What was the variation in the way they understood the meaning of being at university, and how that related to their understanding of their institutional context, what they made that context be for them. You know, Different students saw that and understood that context in different ways. And also, I'll, I'll talk briefly about another aspect of the, this study, where we looked at the relations between the way students talked about sociological knowledge through the three years of their degrees, and the way in which they produced sociology in their final dissertation. So there's some sort of relation to something beyond their accounts in interviews. So starting with the relations to sociological knowledge, what did students understand sociology to be? So the first one is sociology is about developing my opinions on a broad range of issues. Well, one of the tutors in our study called opinionology. Sociology is about having really strong opinions of things. It's like a civilised version of the Jeremy Kyle show that, you know, you've really got to think things you've got to think them passionately. Two, sociology is the modules that I study. So you talk to students and you'd say, what's sociology for you? And they would say, well, th- this, this term I'm studying um, feminism and critical race theory. Yeah, and what's sociology for you? Well, I'm also doing a health studies module. Whenever you ask them what sociology was, they would tell you what modules they were studying. Okay. The third one is the sort of classic definition of sociology that you'd hope students get by the end of their degree and sociology is the study of societies and other people and quite often students when they gave this definition would like you just did laugh because they knew they were saying the thing they were supposed to say in terms of sociology <coughs> the fifth one for us is a critical move is that it's about the study of the relations between people and society but it includes the student suddenly the student is implicated by the knowledge that they're studying. It's not just about other people, it actually makes their lives more complex in a lot of cases. And when students talked about these things, there was often a sense of loss that from the world being something simple that didn't impact on who they were, suddenly they had to make more difficult choices. Suddenly they had to own their own privilege of being a particular kind of student. And then the fifth one was the idea of a number of different sociologists so not one sociology but actually there's a number of different ways to study the relations people in society each of which offers a different and partial picture okay now the way phenomenography works is this is intended to be an inclusive hierarchy so students who in a particular context it's relational the idea is that it's not that some students have this version of sociology in this head in their head and other students have this in their head it's that within a particular Context they understand sociology in one of these ways. The idea is that the fifth includes the fourth, includes the third, includes the second, includes the first. So the idea is that they get more holistic as you move through. And what we found was that over the course of students' three years degree, um, you know, in, in a way, fortunately, their notions of what sociology were tended to get more holistic as they went through the three years of their degree. And I think all of the students we interviewed by the end at least saw it as a study of other people in societies so so there was some sense of clear clear movement um, and in the study that i talked about where we looked at their dissertations there seemed to be a really important move in the way that students thought about their dissertations that was crucial to the way that their dissertations helped them to develop a more inclusive version of sociology And this critical move was seeing sociology as a way of answering that question. So if they set their dissertation up in a way that didn't need sociology to answer it, then actually doing a dissertation didn't change the way they understood sociology. What they needed to do, and again, most students did, is they needed to set up a question that actually demanded a sociological answer demanded that they engage with the tools and knowledge of sociology in order to be able to answer it. So, so here we have a very knowledge-focused version of students engaging with knowledge, students hopefully having a more, more holistic view of knowledge as they go through their degrees, and then also um, a sense of when they write their dissertations, seeing sociology as a way of answering the questions that they had. So in terms of personal projects, so this is what students understood being at university was about. And again, we have a similar, not a similar, uh, the same structure of an inclusive hierarchy. So the first one was coming to university is about getting a degree. Okay, so students would say things like, here's a quote from a student who gave the pseudonym, pseudonym Almira because I'm pretty ha- happy with everything that's going on at the moment. I'm enjoying my degree. I have good friends. I have a stable boyfriend. I have a great family. Basically, go- I'm going towards where I have to go, which is getting a degree and getting a job and just, you know, so this idea that it was just about getting a degree. Yeah, that, that's what it was about. Um, to, wrong one, uh Coming to university is about learning about myself. So um, Fiona, a student gave the pseudonym Fiona, says, I'm really enjoying my time here. Sounds really cliche, but you have kind of find yourself, and I like who I am. Finally, I'm more confident. Yes, I'm more confident in myself, which is the main thing, which includes work and stuff, but more so my own personality. I'm loving my time here. It's brilliant. So a sense for Fiona there of finding herself. Okay, and the crucial difference between the second one and the third one is that there's a sense of you're finding out who you are, but who are, who you are isn't changing. Whereas in the third one, there's a sense that actually being at university is about changing who you were as a person, becoming a different person. Um, and then the fourth one is coming to university is about <coughs> contributing to society. So a sense that it moves from being focused on yourself to be focused on the world beyond yourself. Um, and a quote we have from Martin is, university has opened my eyes too much. I've been too exposed to reading about certain things that are happening around me. I can't just shut my eyes and go back to normality. I don't think I can do that now. I feel like I'm betraying myself and what I think and what I believe in. And I think for me in that quotation, there's that sense of loss that I'm talking about. That There's a gain, but also, you know, there, there might be something quite nice about being able to go back, but you can't go back. So... What I'm interested in here is thinking about the relations between the accounts of knowledge that I gave you, the different ways that students thought about sociology, and their accounts of their personal projects. How did the way in which they thought about what being, university, what being at university is about relate to the ways in which they understood sociological knowledge? And there's quite a lot of research in our education. For example, a whole body of research Mainly based in the U.S., but certainly some some aspects of it in the U.K. That looks at students' orientations to higher education. Okay, long history of that that research. That basically would say, well, if students are just coming to university to get a degree, then they're going to be instrumental. They're not going to engage with knowledge, and actually, they're going to have a less high-quality experience than students who see see coming to university in these other ways. And essentially, having gone in and thinking, okay, well, when we put these analyses together and think about how they relate, we're going to find some really nice, simple relations between them. We didn't find anything of the kind. Um, So if you think about those relations, what we essentially found was that students' personal projects tend to be actually quite stable. They don't tend to change that much. Now, it's important to be clear, that doesn't mean that students aren't changing, because those third and fourth ones that I gave you are actually about change. So it's not that there's an absence of change, it's just that students tend to broadly stick with the same way of thinking about the purpose of universities, or the students we talk to seem to stick with the same ways of thinking about being at university that they had in their first year through the three years of their degree. Um, and when you look at what they talk about in their third-year interviews, there are no strong relations between the way they talk about the personal project and the way that they talk about knowledge. So being instrumental doesn't necessarily seem to be a straightforward problem in relation to students developing more inclusive versions of knowledge. So in thinking about this, we'd also ask students about The ways in which they understood their integration into the university and when when we talked to them about this and we looked at the ways in which they talked about what their personal project related to we found three broadly different ways of talking about this so for some students being at university was studying a course so at the institution that we gave the pseudonym diversity it was a metropolitan institution. Most students studied, a, you know, lived quite a, you know, an hour away from where they were studying. They came in, they did their course, they went home. For them, being at university was studying a course. Um, Lucia from Diversity says, I've gained so much confidence in believing in myself because the tutors always say to me, you're doing a good job. And I always tell them what's going on. And it's helped me think differently. And it's made me expand my mind and question things and challenge things. The university classroom has helped me take that and use that in my real life. But for her, the university classroom is the university. OK, for other students, they focus very much on the wider university context. When they talked about university, they didn't particularly talk about their course at all. They would say, so Fiona, who I've mentioned before from Prestige says, I have to say for me, I think it's more about the wider experience. If I sort of step back and look at it and look at how much I've changed, I think I've changed more than I've learned. If that makes any sense, and I'm grateful for that. I've got a lot more confidence, more independence, as I said. I see that that change is more important to the future than the sort of educational change, really. So Fiona really being at university was about all of the things outside of the course rather than about studying a particular kind of course. And then we had students who were very much focused on both. So a student we gave the pseudonym, Mark um, from Community, says, you have to do your own washing up and your own washing. You make your own tea and things like that. And it sort of makes you grow up as a person. So I think in that way, I would say I'm not the same person. I would not be the same person today if I did not come to university. I would say both the course and the experience together create that sort of university, the graduate. Because you learn responsibility. You learn the education. Sort of makes you a different person. You understand. You're able to do more things. So for Mark, you sort of had that, you know, almost cliched version. I'm not saying what Mark was saying was a cliché, but that sort of, you know, dominant societal version about it's about leaving home and grow as a person, while it's also about studying things and that knowledge having an impact on you. So when we looked at the ways in which students understood knowledge and the ways they understood. Their personal projects in relation to these different contexts. Then we started to see some interesting patterns, and really, the patterns that we saw was for students who focused on the wider university. So they didn't focus on their course the way the other two sets of students did. They none of those students saw their personal projects in terms of changing the world. Okay, and most of them actually. Um, yeah, and only a few of them saw it in terms of changing themselves as a person, and also none of those students saw themselves implicated in the sociological knowledge. So the fourth and fifth <laughs> in that first hierarchy that I gave you. So this sense that we get from this is that the transformational nature of an undergraduate degree is about these relations between personal projects, students' engagement knowledge, and also engagement with the world but well, what's key for us is how they understand it as an experience it's not what necessarily what they think going to university is about which a lot of the rhetoric around instrumental students being a problem would suggest it's more whether they understand going to university as at least in some ways an educational experience but they define their experience in such a way as for them, part of being at university is being educated. It's coming in relation to knowledge. So for us, this sense of, it's not, you know, one thing. So one of the great ways of Bernsteinian informed critique takes you is, so Carl Mayton, who does a lot of work in this area, talks about other forms of research being knowledge blind. Okay, not taking sufficient account of the way in which knowledge operates. But for us, well, as we did this research, we became aware of the opposite danger of seeing knowledge as everything, of thinking that the, you know, what's absolutely crucial for universities is that students engage with knowledge. And clearly that's part of it, but there's other bits that are also important. Um, and I'll just, so, so for me, this is illustrated. In this quote from Faith, a student, a student in Faith from Prestige, he says, I'm a totally different person. I'm a lot more accommodating and tolerant than I was before. I would say a lot more independent. Even Jess says, everything has changed, everything. I was going to a lecture in a tracksuit before. Now I would not get caught dead in one. I think the older I grow, the more I realize that first impressions count. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know what network event may be coming up in the evening. You can't go looking like a tramp. You've just got to be a lot more aware of different aspects of yourself and be more confident. Now, Faith was, um, was a student from African origin from the East End of London who came to this prestigious university and absolutely struggled and was on the verge of dropping out until the Afro-Caribbean Society got hold of her and said, you're not dropping out. We are getting you through this course. This is what, this, this, this is what we're going to do. And then she became sort of very motivated to attend these network events. And the crucial thing for me about um, what Faith was talking about is that being a university <laughs> for her was clearly about an education experience, but she wasn't focused on knowledge in quite the same way. There's, this quote isn't about how knowledge changed her sense of what the world is. It's a sense of her changing um, identity and changing sense of what's important. Don't know why. So, so, and this is very Vygotsky in terms of, um, you have. Know, some sort of person at all in the world. Um, so, but but for me, what we're trying to get at here with the notion of powerful knowledge is the sense of there's a really important role that universities play in bringing students in relation to powerful knowledge that helps them to make sense of the world differently and to make sense of themselves differently. And the crucial element of the transformative power of universities is the way in which students are changed, their sense of the world is changed by engaging with knowledge. But also there's these other processes that go on. There's this sense of how the students relates to the world that's not about academic knowledge. Clearly it's about other forms of knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge is always there. But I think when we started, when I, when I started to lead our writing on these papers, I really thought that what we would get was this very simple relationship between the ways in which students understood the purpose of being in university and the ways in which they engage with knowledge. And a lot, as I've said, lots of research suggests that. Is that if students think they're just doing it to get a job, then they're not going to be gained from the experience. Actually, as I've said, what we found was something different. That what matters is, in some ways, seeing it that you're going to a university to be educated. Um, and the 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 crucial thing then is about how, as universities, as practitioners in universities, we think about how we make that clear to students. And I think because of the policy rhetoric we're working within at the moment, where going to university is about getting the highest paid job you can, then actually, a lot of the popular discourse around going to university is nothing about education doesn't talk about you're going to education to learn to see the world differently. It says, what's your graduate premium? Oh, that was a waste of time. And I think, for me, the kinds of ideas that help me to think about this are the ideas of Bernstein that we've talked about, and particularly for me the ways in which knowledge is transformed and not mistaking disciplinary structures for curriculum structures and recognising they're very different, but also one of the things I think is really powerful in terms of practice is Lee Shulman's notion of pedagogical content knowledge. His argument that the expertise of teachers lies in making this particular aspect of knowledge accessible to this particular group of students. So in a way, teaching is always local. If the students change, if the knowledge changes, the teaching changes. And whilst we know, I mean, I would argue, we confidently know what the um, principles of good learning and teaching and assessment in universities are. The whole point is that the way in which they're applied changes according to who the students are, what their understanding is, what the knowledge is, and what I'd add to Lee Shulman is the context in which they're studying. You know, what what is that institutional context? How is it understood? And how does that change the relations between how you make this form of knowledge accessible to these particular students? And we touched before on the issues of genericism. And I think one of the big issues of genericism is basically a category error. The error that's made is just because we can describe something generically, it doesn't mean it's generic. So just because we can look across different situations and describe something as communication skills, it doesn't mean that what's at stake in that situation, what's going on in that situation, is communication skills. And I think that's, that's why this notion of the local nature of teaching, thinking about a particular group of students and how you make that knowledge accessible to them is so crucial. Because if we're going to give students access to powerful knowledge, it needs to be something that invites them into that conversation. And different students in different settings require different kinds of invitations. And this isn't about saying, OK, Grammar schools for the brilliant, secondary moderns for everyone else. It's about saying the first question you should ask is who are your students, why is this knowledge important to them, and how do you make it accessible and powerful in their lives, rather than simply expecting them to fall in with what the knowledge demands.